ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. Jeff, how the hell are you doing? I'm feeling good, man. We're uh, we're right in the in the thick of it at this point, you know, kind of, um, you know, it's just post Survivor Series. We got you know the holidays in front of us and behind us, like you know, just kind of waiting on the next pay per view at this point. Which you know, it's just a quiet time, but an exciting time for what's going to happen next. But uh, before we get there, you know, we got uh, DX and Jericho. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this match, man. This is uh this will this will be a fun one. Um yeah. I, I can't I you know I, I can't tell you that I ordered TLC two thousand and nine, so it's probably my first time seeing this match. Yeah, so this is one well one, the Jera show is more kind of why I picked this one for us because we in AEW he was Very there. Yeah, very timely on that. We we managed to do that. Like I usually pick the episode and then something happens on TV that like is the people in the match. Like it just like all of our Cena matches recently were picked before he had his big push. But yeah, dude, and so dude, dude, that happens. That happens all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like people don't realize how consistently that happens to us. Yeah, we've done 200 episodes and there's probably like 20 or 30 in there that like easy just assume like I think like we had a punk one before he came back. Uh, yeah, we had we've had two untimely deaths that both happened around. I mean, that was just pure coincidence that we and we had already recorded the episode yeah. in one case. So pretty pretty wild how that happens. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, but it yeah all all the time. I mean, it, it, happening constantly yeah it's just crazy so i'm just looking we have a flare episode coming up and i think he's coming back on tv like early january in charlotte and they're making a big deal about it and like the week before that we're covering a flare. i mean it happens all the time purely the other thing we cover yeah we cover a flare retirement match and then he comes back the next week like every time every time but so we got this one this too when i when i first kind of listed it too this is actually the first tables ladders and chairs pay-per-view as well too and so got a little bit of history on that and how it came about it almost there was a a poll it almost wasn't the main event and so um yeah a little kind of interesting tidbit there and some trivia so um yeah just kind of interesting story kind of fun stuff so yeah yeah, well, I'll I'll get into that in a second, but yeah, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's do it, man. Let's get into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So you're right. There was a poll, and what I thought was interesting is uh, some of the other contenders for this. So back in August, you know, keeping in mind this this show was December thirteenth, two thousand and nine, San Antonio. August, uh, they run a poll. The other so Armageddon was the pay per view prior, you know, which an interesting name and cool set, but there was really no theme to it. So 
other contenders were a street fight main event. So like, you know, WWE, you know, street fight coming to you. Weapons. Uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. yeah kind of interesting. Uh, a single el- elimination tournament, which, you know, back in the day there were, there was some merit to, but kind of run its course. I mean, I'm fine with that happening on Raw, but the idea of like paying 30 or $40 for a single elimination tournament, I mean, unless mm-hmm. the title's involved or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this, this TLC theme. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, very, very interesting um, poll, if you will. I, I just don't – you can't really tell me why you wouldn't do polling now. I mean, especially with, like, social media. Uh, stuff. Yeah. Like, why, why not? I mean, even if it was just, hey, uh, we're going to do a themed Raw next week. Here's the four themes. You know, and then we're going to give you four different options for a SmackDown theme uh, on Friday. Like, why, why not? You know, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're gonna do a cage match theme. Okay, well, you we do a couple cage matches. That, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I mean, anything to be unique, I think, is good. So, at any rate, let's get into this one. Uh, R-Truth is going to defeat CM Punk in our dark match, if you can believe that. Um, Christian opens up the show, retaining his ECW championship in a ladder match against Shelton Benjamin in, in 18 minutes. Yeah, Christian's ECW champion was kind of fun. I mean, always good matches, and yeah, it, was, it was interesting. Drew uh, mm-hmm. McIntyre is going to win the Intercontinental Championship in 10 minutes, defeating John Morrison. That's just a straight singles match. Michelle McCool is going to retain her women's championship in seven minutes by defeating Mickey James. Sheamus is going to win the WWE Championship over John Cena in a tables match in 16 minutes mm-hmm. your other world heavyweight champion the undertaker retains against batista in a 13 minute chairs match randy orton is going to defeat kofi kingston in a straight match in uh, 13 minutes and then the main event dx jericho there's tag team championships involved we have a tables ladders and chairs match so i mean you got Christian, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Cena, Taker, Batista, Orton, and all four guys in your main event as future Hall of Famers. That's 11 Hall of Famers, 12 if you count Punk in the uh, in the dark match, all mm-hmm. on a B show uh, in December. I mean, loaded, loaded roster in 2009 yeah. just because, I mean, that that's pretty wild, man. Yeah, and this one, and so too, the show, like you said, the poll and kind of how they got, like we had seen tables, ladders, and chairs matches before. We had seen individual matches, which was on this card too. But like kind of putting it together like this and making it its own show, like that, like I said, this was the first kind of iteration of this and when they were doing it. And so, um, you know, kind of making it interesting in that regard. So um, the story, and I'll get into the history of the TLC during the match when we're talking and stuff, but we'll, we'll start with the, the Jericho history because I will admit my Jericho uh, history knowledge is not where it needs to be. So to catch everybody up on kind of what's happening here, um, it was actually The Bash, which was June 28th, 2009. Uh, it was actually Jericho and Edge where they were a heel tag team. They were won the tag team championship. It was the unified 
unified one at that point, which would have been the World Tag Team Championship and the WWE Tag Team Championship. Um, it, they were a surprise entrant in a tag team match of winning that. But uh, Edge actually tore his Achilles not too long after that one, was unable to wrestle. But in the story, how they played this one off, though, was there was a contractual loophole that allowed Jericho to choose a new partner to replace Edge so that Jericho could continue to reign uninterrupted. And so, like, you know, while Edge was out. Now, you know, we, we see that even nowadays where I think it was the women's title where they just kind of Chelsea Green and kind of sh- hot-shotting it and stuff like that between her partners and, um, you know, and th- making it part of the storyline. Like, you always got to love, like, the contractual things that they have, you know, used to be, you know, they always got the, the rematch clause and stuff like that. Like, you know, these these, these fake contracts that we think about and stuff like that. Um, it's always just funny to think about it. But um, just a month later at this point, it was Night of Champions, Jericho re- revealing that his partner, uh, the Big Show, or his seeker partner would be the Big Show and his new tag team partner on this one. They actually defeated the Legacy, who was Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase, to retain the unified titles at this point. And so it was interesting, too, because... Uh, Big Show was actually on Raw and Jericho was on SmackDown. So it allowed them to have some kind of cross promotion on this too. Um, and so that they were able to be on both brands with the tag teams. And it's interesting, like that, you know, something to talk about what the match is going on, like why they don't necessarily, they do do that now sometimes, but like kind of having that, the belts kind of float versus the individuals. And so, um, you know, kind of carry over even to nowadays, this would have been, you know, kind of the early stages of that, or we just weren't thinking about it that way. So, um, Jump a couple months at this point. This is when you had the first kind of uh, rumblings of this feud with Shawn Michaels, Triple H. Um, they actually, Jericho lost. It was October, early October. They lost the non-titles match. And then it was the bragging rights pay-per-view. You had Jericho was actually a co-captain with Kane for Team SmackDown. Because Big Show was on Raw, he was on the um, Raw team, which was captioned or captained by DX. And so that show, you actually had Big Show turning on his teammates, Kofi Kingston, Triple H. Jericho ended up getting the the win for Team SmackDown at this bragging rights show. Um, you then had, you know, kind of saying that the reason that he turned on his team, and it, it actually makes a lot of sense, he turned on um, his team because he wanted a shot at The Undertaker, um, who was the world heavyweight champ at that point. Uh, you know, Jericho was in that match as well because he beat Kane. It was a triple threat. And so, you know, can they coexist type thing? So it was actually a triple threat with Big Show, The Undertaker, and Jericho at this one. Um, Undertaker winning that one. Of course, the guy's kind of feuding throughout, you know, working together, but then not, you know, so it, it was just the whole thing. And so leading to that. But, um, you know, it's still the tag team champs, though. And so it wasn't like, you know, a ton of animosity between them or breaking them up. But, um, that was a Survivor Series that that match was taking in November. And then the next night, you actually had guest host Jesse Ventura. He booked the tag match between at this TLC event between Jericho and the Big Show. Excuse me. And DX. Kind of makes sense. Like they had a little bit of a feud. You had each guy kind of taking on each person, um, you know, on, or, you know, and it's in the uh 
uh, in that captain match and the team match. And then, you know, having, you know, so there was a bunch of little things with these guys and them kind of going at it. And so I, I, while the, the, they didn't start feuding with DX until October, these guys had been a, a, you know, a tag team for a little bit longer since July, you know, had built up some, um, you know, just an interesting com- camaraderie at that point. And then Jesse Ventura booking the match for us. I'm ready for this one, man. This is gonna be good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it'll be interesting as the main event just to see. You know, it's kind of right in the middle there with uh, kind of watching the reviews. But yeah, this should be good. Yeah, it. You know, they they did a lot in this era. I mean, there were there were a number of different you know Sean Triple H uh, matches. I mean, they did stuff with like the McMahons and you know some Hell in the Cell match, some TLC stuff. So huh, sure. I, I I can't imagine this won't be good. So. I'm looking forward to it. We're at the two-hour, 12-minute mark. I'm sorry, two-hour, 24-minute mark. Two-hour, 24-minute mark of TLC 2009. I'm ready when you are, Jeff. Let's do it, man. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right. So we got Jericho, HBK, Triple H, Big Show, each staring each other down. Mm -hmm. Shoving. Belts hanging over the ring. DX in the DX gear here. Yeah, they had a, a great entrance, too. If you want to take a minute to go back and watch it, yep. Good. All right, so... Uh, it was. I, it's so funny. I just saw this on Twitter, and I don't, I don't know why. It wasn't like it was the anniversary or something, but they were talking about that big show Drew McIntyre. Do you remember like at the the um the WrestleMania with no crowd? Yes. Drew McIntyre wins the title. I mean, you know, there I mean there weren't even like people cheering in there. It was so so awkward. And then the big show comes out. And I guess that wasn't on WrestleMania, it was on Raw. So, like, on Raw, they're like, you're not going to believe this, but uh, after we went off the air, the big show came out. Yes, I do remember that. And they just have, like, a, I don't know, three-minute match or something. <laughs> I do remember that being super awkward, yeah. It was so weird. I'm like, what's happening here? And, you know, Drew wins. I mean, no big deal. And that was – it was just so funny. I, I don't know what the – I really don't know what the purpose was. I don't know if it was to, like, get big show a WrestleMania payoff or – I have no idea, but we'll, we'll never know. Yeah, I, mean, I, no, I, I was just laughing about that, and and I think the question was was that um, his last ever WWE match, uh, Big Shows. It wasn't. He did like three more, but you know, um, uh, kind of unforgettable stuff. But yeah, it, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just weird. Like well, and when he came out, like not that long ago on AEW, to be like the mystery partner, like it makes sense if you know the history of Jericho and kind of what they did. But also, like it's one of those like even the Flair signing, you know, was met with kind of like what the fuck? Like it was the same with Big Show. Like Big Show comes out and it's like, okay, like is this really the best we can do? Like okay, whatever. So, um, so it, not you know, it it feels it feels like. The reason Big Show and a few other guys like him are there, and you could even maybe put Flair in this category, it's like Tony Khan has a lot of money and grew up during the Attitude Era and wants to hang out with these guys. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't 
can't tell me that. And again, you want to sign Big Show, fine. You want to sign, um, you know, Mark Henry, fine. I mean, they're 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 nice guys. I'm sure they add value, but it's like it it those things reek of, in my opinion, they reek of WCW circa 1995. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, are we really trying to grow an alternative brand? And that's where. That's where I think AEW is in a lot of trouble. And, and I mean, you know, there, there, there's people that, you know, bash AEW. There's people that love AEW. Here, here's the reality of things is AEW has a base and their base is, you know, call it a million people that will tune into, you know, a big show of theirs or, you know, we'll watch on Fridays, but not Saturdays, or we'll watch on Wednesdays, you know, and again, if it's Saturday and there's college football on that audience might be 400,000 instead of all million of them. But there's like a million people that watch AEW. You and I are both in that category. Now yep. we're, we're on the side that won't watch it every single week and, but we'll watch it sometimes. So that that's your base. Now, the issue I see, Jeff, is they're doing nothing to grow that base. And you say, oh, well, what about Edge? There's not, I mean, literally, there's not one person that has started watching AEW because of Edge. Yeah. And I love the guy. But, hey, guys like you and I, I don't know, we tune in to see him debut Maybe we're a little more likely to watch a Saturday night show because he's in the main event, but you're not bringing over a hundred thousand new fans that are like, I'll give this a shot. You know, for all you want to say about CM Punk, the guy moved the needle, new people were watching. They were giving AEW a chance. Ric Flair is not going to attract new people, you know, big show Mark. So it's like, if they're not going to attract new people, then what are we doing here? How you attract new people is by being different. And being different is, hey, uh, Jay White, I've never seen that guy before. Maybe I'll give him a shot. Hey, Kenny Omega, I've heard he's awesome, but you know, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff because, you know, I grew up watching WWE and didn't, you know, buy New Japan pay-per-views. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like if you want to grow this audience, you know, now what you end up doing with like bringing guys like Flair, I think you just piss people off. And I think you're, I think you're like your diehard fans that watch all this stuff, the hundred thousand that order these pay-per-views, you're actually kind of annoying them. So you're annoying your, your, your best fans. You're not attracting new fans. I just don't see the purpose of it. And I, and I would just be, if I were Tony Khan, I would just be doubling down on, Hey, I'm going to make new stars. Because one of the issues with AEW is they really haven't made, I mean, who have they made? And and people say MJF. He kind of had that character and shtick before he got there in yep. MLW. And and yes, it's better now and it's on a bigger stage, but I don't, I mean, I doubt that most of MJF's character and success is due to anyone other than himself. That's oh, like yeah. saying. It's like saying that Vince McMahon made the ultimate warrior. Well, he already had the colors and the tassels. He just poured some gas on it and, and gave him a mega push. I, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's like, where where are these new stars coming from? And then there's no storylines. I mean, what? so, so okay, Ric Flair is going to hang around till Sting 
retire. I mean, I don't have any confidence that they're going to do a great job with Sting's retirement. Like they're not telling stories. They're not building things. So I, I, I just, I don't see anything that's going to grow new people to watch new eyeballs. And that's just a major problem. Well, and they're making, uh, you know, some of the issues that like WCW had, like they brought in all these WWE stars and it's like, what the hell? And so, um, you know, at that point, like it just, that's where it was, was like the dying ground for that. And they're doing a lot of that now. And so, um, yeah, it, it, like, you know, when half of your card is, I, I say people that have left WWE, yeah, you know, you got to work to get them over and they're, they're still consistently getting ripped for, there's just no long-term storytelling. I saw, what was it? Not that long ago, WWE was in the headlines for some of the Seth stuff because they were just throwing a match together with Seth when I forget who he took, took on at that point, but like, because they weren't, there, there was no build to it and fans were like okay now they're pulling like literally it's become a thing they're pulling an aew where they're just throwing a match together like uh i saw one of the headlines i saw not that long ago is like aew ratings dip with no tony khan big announcement like you know <laughs> a, a, like every week has become a big announcement like it's just stupid and so yeah um oh man crazy spot DX suplexing a ladder onto Jericho. That was nuts. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, I think really the next year is going to be interesting, especially as contracts are ending. Um, you've got a lot where it seems like in 2024, you're going to see people start to go one way or the other. Um, you know, it's just, it's really interesting kind of what they're doing with some of that. Where on the flip side, like, you know, to look at, you know, it's someone that is coming over from AEW to WWE, they're not taking everybody, but man, they're, they're really doing a good job of making them a star. Like Jade Cargill is the best example of how they rolled her out. Like, man, you were seeing her three times a week, but like it was not when you expected it or she, you know, they tease like a match with Charlotte and they do all these things and it's just really, really good. And so, um, yeah. Um, all right. I do want to get into a little bit here, the history one, of the team. Well, one, one point on that, because it's, it's yeah. funny. It's like, I feel like, I feel like anytime anyone jumps anywhere, people, it's like, oh, you know, this is horrible. And it's like, sometimes a change of scenery is just good. Yep. Like, I mean, do we really, I mean, you know, do we really just want, like, I mean, take the Young Bucks, for example. I mean, what what else do they have to do in AEW? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, to me, 2024 would be more interesting with them in WWE. And then maybe they go back to AEW. Like, I mean, guys jumping's good. Like, I, I just, I mean, you know, I think I think you just get stale in the same environment. So I, I, I like seeing people move and new characters and new stories and new matchups. And, you know, some of that you can do inside of WWE because it's so big. You know, you can move someone down to NXT. You can move someone from Raw to SmackDown. But, you know, some of these people leaving AEW, I, I think it's really good for that. Yeah, well, it was just even Becky, what, she had a 43, 48 day run with the title. Like, it was just good. Like, it, she helped get some people over. Like, that's how you do it. And so, um, you know, and, and that's the way to make it happen because then, too, like, when those people do get called up, like, it makes more sense. You had a slide drop kick here, Jericho taking out Michaels, and now uh, Jericho getting the upper hand here. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so this tag team, I found one quote that I thought was interesting here. It was actually Jericho talking about uh, the formation for these guys. And so uh, Big Show was my favorite tag team partner. He was the best. Jericho Show, which we never actually called ourselves that. The announcers called us that. I wouldn't allow them to call us that. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't allow them to call us that. Great chemistry. At the time, he was kind of floundering. I told Vince, we're going to make him like a giant destroyer, like just kills everybody. Get rid of that Andre the Giant singlet. Uh, let Like put them in a real singlet or whatever. It was a kind of reinventing him, and we had a great run there. It was a blast with one of the best breakups in history. Retreated it like a rom-com at the end, you know. I'm still always going to think about you. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. We'll always have December or whatever it was. And so uh, we'll get into the aftermath would happen yeah you could see like you know that the, that's the look he's got right now he's just kind of dominating these guys it's you know it's kind of you know how you should book these giant like you know bronze or you know stuff like that and kind of have these guys doing exactly what they're doing and so um they're hanging up triple h at this point they're kind of dominating the match. i do like the set i know that's the giant set i don't know if you can see with the ladders and chairs kind of hanging all the way up into the rafters it's just a really cool look by the uh by the screen on this point and so oh michael's just selling the hell out of uh, Irish whip yeah um and so this of course not the first TLC match by any means it was actually this card the like you talked about that Christian belt or Shelton Benjamin match was a ladder match the Sheamus John Cena match was a tables match the Undertaker Batista match was a chair match and then you get the culmination with the TLC match at this point and so um but true, I, I'm looking at a list here, and I don't know exactly how, but a true TLC, there was actually eight TLC matches before this one. You had, of course, the big ones, uh, you know, the first four were, um, the first two, of course, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, the Deadly Boys, we all know that. Uh, so, there was so, the Hardys. One, so, so they did their original, la- their original WrestleMania match was just ladders. And then they did a TLC SummerSlam and a TLC WrestleMania, correct? Yeah, yes. And so, um, and having that. And so both triple threats. Then you had a fatal four-way. It was Jericho, Benoit, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys. Uh, That was 2001. And you had another fatal four-way, Kane. um, You had the Dudley Boys, Christian and Jericho, Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam doing that. That was WWE Roulette. I don't remember that. That's what it says. And so um, I have to look that up. And then you started getting into some singles matches here. You had Edge and Ric Flair uh, on Raw. You had John Cena and Edge at Unforgiven. And then you had Edge and The Undertaker. That was for the vacant title. Um, And if Undertaker lost, he had to leave WWE. That was one night stand. And then uh, CM Punk and Jeff Hardy as well, too, at SummerSlam just before this one. And so big elbow drop there from Michaels, everybody up on their feet. Yep. Getting pumped up. Great. Um, And then we get into this one. There was, of course, a lot more after this um, at this point. But um, do you want to take a stab at who has the – you probably get this – who has the most TLC match wins? Jeff Hardy. Nope. Who is it? Edge. Oh, okay. Okay. Jeff Hardy actually – he has, and so here's your other piece of trivia on this. Yeah, I forget, Jeff ha- Christian won like all those matches. Exactly. Jeff Hardy has the most appearances at five with zero wins. 
Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. And, and Edge, actually, the most appearances with the most wins. So Edge has seven appearances and five wins. Jeff Hardy has five appearances and no wins. Um, and, and including the women on this one, too. Asuka, two appearances and two wins as well, too. So um, getting that. So, yeah. Um, so just fun stuff there. A little trivia for you. Yep, absolutely. And the most recent one, looking at this list here, would have been Roman Reigns beating Kevin Owens. This was uh, a TLC 2020, actually. And so, okay, uh, Drew actually had a match during that one too. Uh, there was a TLC uh, Drew, AJ, and the Miz. So, and yeah. Triple H has definitely dialed back on um, gimmick matches. Well, and they said they were going to, especially like Hell in a Cell. Like it, it should not be a just a, a, an annual event there should be a reason for it you, you you gotta like make sure that you know that i, I i'm fine with them renaming some pay-per-views or bringing back some pay-per-views like, i don't care give me an armageddon i don't care it doesn't have to be you know a, a hell in a cell or you know some of these other ones you know they they just the stipulations got stale with some of it when you had what the some of the weapons matches and things like that um and so yeah i'm okay with this you got big show about I think he's only like three rungs up the ladder, yeah. but they're trying to push him off here, and oh, it's like God. twisting. Oh yeah, done. Um, my prediction is Cody Roman inside of Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. The that's a hot take. That's an interesting one right there. I I, I, I I wonder if they'd be hesitant to do like a Hell in a Cell in an um stadium show because. Yeah be tougher to see and they may not like the visual of him winning the title inside a, a, a structure uh, yeah. I just thought it made sense because of all the outside interference I just thought maybe that's part of the story of hey Roman you've won you know your last 15 title defenses have all been won by outside interference so wow oh my god what a spot that was the we got what that's the 10 foot ladder which Michaels was climbing and Jericho pushed it over and Big Show caught him on the outside of the ring like that was a that, talk about a crazy spot there it was awesome I think the Big no, Show I just, kinda, I, 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 yeah. I see it and that's like the blow like what else are you gonna do I mean versus a straight match so anyways just a just a prediction well there. and if you weren't you were gonna pull the trigger last time Jericho almost got him trying here but no Triple H stopping him. Yeah, I, I, if anything else, I'm intrigued. I have no clue what's going to happen. You know, I, I really, I feel like rumbles when we'll have the picture of what we're going to get here. But um, it makes sense. But also, I just like, I thought it was going to, uh, you know, they they want want me to believe. I thought it was going to be L.A. Knight. Like, it's it's just not his time though. When you look back on it, like that one makes sense. But even though I really wanted it, it makes sense that it didn't happen. So I. Yeah, it's I, time though. It's yeah. I. It's I think it's beyond time for him to lose it though. Yeah, no, and th and that's fine. I mean, you know, look, I, I have no problem if if Cody ends up winning this year. I have no problem with this past year. You know, you got some really good main events. You gave Cody a year to you know kind of take a take a different direction in in the greater picture of the story, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What's what's uh, Melter's highest rated Big Show match of all time? Singles. Oh, singles. singles. Oh man, I have no clue what it could be. You'll never guess it. No. What do we got? Roman Reigns Extreme Rules 2015. Yeah. Uh, let me guess. Four stars. 
Four stars, last man standing match. Okay. I would not have got so they have broken the ladder too. Um, yep. That uh well, I have to add that one to the list, I guess. I didn't uh I wouldn't would never have guessed that in a million years, but okay, like that's fine. I guess too, like, you know, I uh, going back to the the point about AEW, like some of these guys, like it makes sense. Like I feel like Big Show, Mark Henry, like having them is kind of like they're not producing necessarily, but you know, being that backstage kind of, um, you know, knowledge base or institutional memory of wrestling and stuff like that. That makes sense. Like Flair, I don't see Flair hanging around backstage like giving pointers to guys like like you know Darby Allen pulling him aside and being like, "Hey, what's the deal with this?" Like, you know, I feel like the best use of any of those guys has been Billy Gunn, who has like people like he's had a long career in AEW at this point that people like it's been very successful like the the scissor me daddy has reinvented him like it's crazy and so um you know and it's been really good so all right oh boy they've got triple h and michaels in between the ladder like on the ground big show holding it down and jericho hitting him with a chair just crazy yep Beating the hell out of each other. Oh shit! And, and Big Show just <laughs> ripped the ladder in two. Okay, everybody's on their feet too. Like I don't see nobody's sitting behind them. That's, no, that's interesting. A great point. Yeah, everyone's standing up. I mean, this is a pretty darn good main event. They've contained it. Like well, like they, it's been good spots. They were up on the top of the ramp early, but now they're just kind of, you know, it's all contained in the ring. And now we've got half a ladder because literally Big Show has ripped it in half. Um, like at the middle seam, so that's I guess one way to do it. Big show just big punches here to to everybody else. Yeah, we gonna see Sean back in the ring one more time. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's just kind of. I I think he likes his NXT gig. Like, I, oh man, big choke slam there, Jesus, uh, through a table, uh, through yeah, through I, Triple H through a table. I I just don't think so. I just I, I it's hard. Um, with you. Jericho not trying to climb the half a ladder, um, but this is going to be awkward. Yep. So Jericho's going to what? Get on his shoulders? It looks like he's going to try and get on the Big Show's shoulders. Yep. Big Show looks winded as hell, though. He is standing on the Big Show's shoulders. Oh, my God. What a weird way to finish. Nope. Nope. Is he going down? Nope. Come on. Go reaching for the belt. Now you've got Jericho on Big Show's shoulders, and Shawn Michaels and Triple H are back in the ring standing across from him. Tuning up the band. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Jericho missed the table there. Good, good job to sell it though. But man, he he yeah, missed it after totally a big show. And big show now getting the super kicks and getting taken out. Oh, and he got kind of tied up in the ring there, to, yeah. or the ropes there. That was a, a little bit awkward too. They're working with half a ladder here. It's super awkward. Jericho yeah, it was like, like two full ladders on the outside, right? So Triple H holding the ladder now. Half a ladder, excuse me, so that Michaels can climb it. 
don't know if this is improvised or what, but here we go. Camera flash is going on. Yeah. That's a great shot with the, ch the chairs and the ladders hanging in the background yeah. as Michaels pulls down the belts. Yep. And the crowds go wild. There you go. New tag team champions, DX. Unified. Unified. Tag. Yep. All right. There you go. Okay. Let's get to the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right, what'd you think? Not bad. It was overall it was a pretty good match. A little wonky on the end there. Obviously, they kind of missed spot and stuff like that. But what are you going to do? Um, but it was still pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think the I think the intended visual there at the end was Jericho falling off of Big Show's shoulders through a table, which will look pretty cool. Right. Didn't make it there and kind of missed. So yeah, kind of missed, and so then he had to sell that he was just like hung up on the table. But that's all right. It, it, it still worked. It wasn't the best, but it, it worked. So yeah. on this one, yeah, kind of what happening after this one? He was actually uh, on Raw a couple weeks after this one. What are we at? This is December fourteenth, so we're looking at oh, the next day. Excuse me. Um, yeah, the next day. Uh, get back to my notes here. Uh, they actually won the Slammy Award for Tag Team of the Year. Let's bring back the Slammies. Um, and so, yeah, it was actually the same night they uh, used their rematch clause, like we talked about earlier, against DX, who they quickly and intentionally disqualified themselves to retain. Um, and so, and because uh, these guys, Big Show and Jericho, were on different brands, um, they could, you know, he couldn't appear on Raw, as in, so there's no long. So it's just, you know, it kind of worked DX using the heel tactics. Very smart stuff there. So, but still gave them another rematch either way, though, for the unified tag team championships. Um, it was actually the stipulation that if Jericho had to leave Raw forever, if Jericho lost, which they did, uh, leading to the end of Jericho because he had to go back to SmackDown at that point. And so, um, yeah, like I said, Jericho, like he said, he really enjoyed this kind of, you know, obviously, you know, helping the big show at this point and kind of getting them over. So good stuff. But, um, but it's PWI on this one, it's some higher numbers than I expect here. Triple H was number one in 2009. Jericho was number two. Sean was 14 and big show was 25. I don't, I don't like Triple H that high it was kind of surprising to me, but in a good way. So, um, a torch, or excuse me, yeah, the torch on this one, two and three quarter stars, an okay match borderline acceptable in terms of pacing and excitement for a pay-per-view while the crowd was never totally lost or out of it they often uh they were often in that silent interest mode where they were watching and waiting but not really reacting to big spots they knew the finish wouldn't come until the big moment uh that was the culmination of near grabs of the belt at least temporarily michael's for the first time ever as a member of the smackdown roster or at least officially eligible to be on the show he hasn't wanted to do a tuesday taping in the past because of his wednesday morning church activities that he would have to miss so okay um yeah uh let's see here uh it's just kind of your standard kind of write up on this one uh from Meltzer 
uh, uh, he tried to stand on Show's shoulders and grab the belts. Uh, as he was fighting for the balance, DX got back in the ring. The look on Show's face was awesome. Sean super kicked Show. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, uh, Jericho was supposed to fall off a uh, fall off through a table outside, but something went wrong, and he kind of landed on his feet and bonked his face on the side of it. Uh, he did end up in a comical dead man's position. Hunter then held one half of the ladder so Sean could climb it up to get the belts. A little fun match, and perhaps the safest TLC match ever. Three and a half stars. So three and a half, uh, two and three quarters. Where are you going to give your payoff score on this one? Six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Good, good match, good stars, but, you know, I mean, nothing nothing where you go, oh, man, I can't believe that happened, or, oh, what a what an incredible finish. So it was it was a good match. I mean, good good match, good main event. Fans were into it. So six and a half. What about you? I'm a, I'm a five and a half. It was perfectly fine. Like, I was, you know, you know I'm not going to see, like, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it again, but it was a good match. It was a fun match. It wasn't anything, like, crazy or, you know, the people dying or anything like that. I will agree that it was a little safe. I will disagree the crowd wasn't into it because, like I pointed out, like, they were on their feet for the last five, ten minutes of this. And What's so. I mean, it's not like fans are on their feet all the time, you know? Yeah. And so, I and that's so much, like, that's from the torch. It's so, like. You know, it's really the eye of the observer on that one, you know, going back and watching it. So it's just hard. You know, I don't believe that. So, but yeah, five and a half, not bad, you know, but it's good stuff. So, yep. All right. Okay. I want to remind everybody, get in on manscaped.com using that promo code payoff. If you order today, you can get everything before the holidays. They'll get it shipped out. They'll get it to you. There's still time. And so make sure probably the last week you could get it before Christmas since what God, we're two weeks away. It's crazy. And so, um, but if you get it, I'm sure you can get it. Of course, with that promo code payoff, you're getting 20% off and free shipping. They got a lot of deals anyway. So you can get on top of that. You can get some good stuff in the markdowns like some of the bundles they have now are incredible savings um you know updated things as well too lawnmower 5.0 i saw there was new nail clippers and she like just go there make sure you're checking it out it's absolutely worth it like tom and i stand by these products i actually just use mine or plan to use mine tomorrow i have them out on the counter um and so i'm ready to go and you know i don't only have to charge them i don't even have to charge them that much like they just hold a charge that well and so make sure manscaped.com using that promo code payoff. So Tom, let's send him home happy. All right. Well, this was fun. Got a really good one next week. And uh, we're going to yeah. TNA. And I, yeah. don't, and I can call it TNA again. So it's not even like I should be. We can. It. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. All right. So we'll go to TNA next week. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you next week on an all new episode of The Payoff.